It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Hey, hey, hey. I had to do something different. What was that? Every time it's just like, well, hello, hello, hello. Hey, hello. 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 Welcome to the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Yeah. Well, you know what I do every time at the end of every episode? I always get the last word. I yeah, always say yeah, bye. Yeah. That's my thing. That's tradition. We have to keep it. That's that tradition. Way. I always say bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. How about bye. when you close a worship service? Do you say the same thing every Sunday? No, no, okay. I don't. I do. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Like, same thing? <laughs> yeah. What do you say? I don't remember uh, something along the lines of like, you know, have a great, have a great week. See you again next Sunday or you know, something like that. Something, something like that. I mean, it's like almost exactly the same. Same thing. Uh, I, I, that's why, like, I'm such, like, I'm not really a good worship leader. <laughs> like, I, you know, I can. You, I, you got like your one line. Yeah. It's you like, <laughs> I do this. It's just, I don't know. I just get stuck in the habit and pattern. And then like you get stage fright. You don't know what to say. And then, you try to uh, wing something. Uh, and then God, you're like, God bless you in your journeys today. Or like you talk for 12 ever? minutes when you should have only talked for 12 seconds. You yeah. Know? Uh, <laughs> then it ends up being this like, everyone's just like, dude, I thought the service was over, man. Now yeah. we're, we're going on, man. It's still going. <laughs> Uh, see, yeah. these, these are the real life practical yeah. things yeah. that yeah. happen. This, with, is, this, this is, is real. What we deal with. Right? This is worship. We leadership one hundred and one. Man, that's for real. Yeah. No. Um, episode one fifty two of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. One five two. Let's see. One plus five is six. You multiply that by two, is twelve. Twelve is the year, the age I was when I. Uh, well, no, I guess I was thirteen. Bummer. That doesn't work. There were 12 I, disciples. There was 12 disciples. Um, yeah, so uh, 12 is great. Uh, 12 is 2 plus 1, uh, or 12, 2 plus 1 is 3. 3 is Trinity. Um, there are 12 baskets of bread left over after the 5,000. Oh, there we go. Eating the 5,000. Uh, tries of Israel. Yeah. Um, Significant number. Here we go. And then, of course, three. Uh, three crosses, three days. Um, you know, um Three Trinity, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Uh, my daughter is no longer three. She's no longer four even. She's five. So that, that doesn't really, <laughs> that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not three anymore either. <laughs> I know. <laughs> three, three plus zero, or three and zero is 30. And I'm in my 30s, as are you. Yeah, yeah. We're in our 30s. All right. I think we, okay. I think we hit one of them. One of them will be good enough. Uh, you know, sometimes you gotta just you know do do the no, the number the number algorithm yeah, yeah. thing. You know, just find find something. We all do math every day. <laughs> math is everywhere. You know, see, my daughter. Are, are my, you a math? Are you a numbers fan? Did you watch numbers? No, no. Numbers? You know, um, I'm Charlie? not. No, I'm not. I watched a couple episodes like way back in the day, but 
you know, um, like I, I don't mind math. I don't have a problem with math. My daughter, my oldest daughter, Callie, she's in second grade, mm-hmm. seven and a half, hates math. Just Uh-oh. like hates it. Like it oh, is. Was she having to do like the Common Core, like Common Core, like right? Cubes, like. Like how many cubes do you have to add up to get ah. seventy five out of three? It's like you yeah, know, it's like two plus two is four, but you have to get to two plus two is four. You have to like do like fourteen different groups and steps. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I've not sure. Just like offended who, somebody that likes who, Common Core, but yeah, I'm not sure. Like who kind of pushed this Common Core thing? Um, I mean, it's different though. So like one of the things that we're supposed to be teaching our kids, you know, uh, like I'm working on Cali, we got these like flashcards and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's basic math stuff. And, like, the, they tell you, they're like, the goal is you don't want your child actually counting. Like, they just have to know it, you know. They just have to understand that, you know, that, that five, like, eight take away five is three. You know, they just have to understand that. Okay. And I'm like. But can't you just know eight minus five is three without having to do 75 boxes? Yeah. And, and right, so you got the cubes and everything else. But no, Callie just hates math. And yeah. it, it's like a struggle, you know, every 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 time we do homework, you know, to get her to do the math. And, and what makes it difficult is like she's not supposed to count, right? And so, you know, these subtraction problems, which she really struggles with subtraction, uh, you know, and I understand second grade, you know, second grade's tough. Second grade, you got mm-hmm. subtraction. But, you know, and it's like she's not allowed to count. Um, so anyway, like, yeah. Somewhere along the line, somebody had to count. Well, and that's what I keep right? thinking, I right? Mean, like, like, like I, the first guy that counted something, like he's like, oh, there's 20. Like, I, I have to, 20 yeah. apples. If I eat two apples, oh, I have 18 apples and, uh, left. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. Like at some point, someone, someone started counting and then you learned well, that. And, and that's what, and that's what I keep thinking. I'm, I'm like, well, you know, like I, I feel that there's a certain point where y- you have to kind of count just to understand mm-hmm. that if I take these five away, you know, if I'm like, uh, okay, I got three, I don't know, whatever. And apparently, this is news to me. I found this out uh, not too long ago. Apparently with Common Core, um, which, uh, for those of you who are listening, don't know Common Core, <laughs> um, it, our, our Australian audience, and yeah, Great it, it, it's some, it's some, it's kind of the about? new, the new uh, method of teaching math. And I, is it nationwide? Does everyone use it, or is I it just in not, Washington State? Not, I don't think yet everyone, but most. Okay, well, Washington State and I guess other states are using this, um, this kind of uniform way of teaching math. It's a little different. Uh, it's not what I grew up with, but what I learned. Is that apparently in Common Core they they don't do multiplication like like the multiplication table is gone hmm. they 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 aren't teaching multiplication it's not a part of Common Core they don't even do multiplication and I use multiplication way more than I use addition in my <laughs> everyday life so I'm not sure what's up with that I don't think we'll ever know what's up with that Kevin I don't know man I think that's just the way it is yeah I guess so. But this episode, <laughs> all math aside, all yeah, Common Core aside, um, hello, hello, hello aside, numbers, kind of, numbers. Aside. It doesn't take much to get us off track. Have you no, ever noticed that? It, it doesn't. Yeah, but, but I guess that you know, part of being a worship pastor, you know, you gotta 
You gotta be able to think creatively, right? Go with the flow. Gotta, you know. I think. mean, if the pastor gets up and changes the sermon, you gotta go with it. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Seeing so of going with the flow, I know you're a Survivor fan. Did you watch Survivor last night? I did, dude. With yeah. the uh, the no caller, the people uh-huh. that go with the flow. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of fun. I, I was. I I told. I didn't say it at the beginning of the episode. I had the thought, and I should have said it. So what? So would have had credibility. <laughs> so, so it was. Yeah. <laughs> but like. But I was talking to Becky, and it was like, I thought this at the beginning of the episode, and I didn't say it because I didn't want to risk being wrong. But I'm like, there's no way the white collar people are going to make it through this. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. the ego is too big. There's too got, many people fighting all, to be exactly. The, yeah. You got all these lions, like yeah. deep personalities, lions that are just trying to take charge, be in yeah. charge. Uh, my prediction, and probably nobody watches Survivor anymore either, but you know, <laughs> my prediction is they'll they'll be the first tribe out. White collar will be the first one all the way gone. Yeah, I I wasn't surprised. I mean, maybe one, maybe two make it to the merge. I I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. not. I, maybe I, not. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was really surprised at the uh, the the red tribe, which is the no collar uh, tribe. I'm surprised that they they did so well. Yeah. Um, anyway, for those of you who don't watch Survivor, uh, <laughs> uh, Survivor is a an American reality television show. Yeah. Uh, that puts people on the island for 39 days, and you know the last person standing wins. Or they don't kill dollars. each other. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, this season uh, they're separating them in social groups: uh, white collar workers, which are like executives and uh, business which is people. ironic, isn't it? I mean, you, you got to stop and think for a moment about the irony that that survivor can get away with segregating people <laughs> right by by social class like, but, but if, if i were to do it right yeah, or if anyone it was a else. church idea like man we'd be getting just like slammed picketed. in the media they they be yeah, there there'd be like the the uh the picket yeah, and they there'd yeah. be the news vans outside mm-hmm. the church and no anyway and so yes you got the white collar you got the blue collar workers which are are like the the hard workers mm-hmm. you know the people that are are day to day in the grind, you know, uh, sweating it out and working it out, uh, toughing it out. And then the no caller tribe, which is kind of free spirit people, artists, artists, you know, (laughs) uh, free thinkers, people that uh, want, wants a coconut. So basically all the people who are on our worship teams. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was just, no. And anyway, so that was, that was another tangent. We love our worship teams. It doesn't take much to get us off. No, no. All right. Free spirit. Anyway, Sorry, what are we talking about? Yeah, so today? we're talking about uh, kind of a, a mashup, if you will, of two different topics. So um, I don't know how many leadership podcasts you listen to besides this one, which we don't, you know, thank you for listening to this one. Tell your friends about it. We love having you here. Um, but I listen to some leadership podcasts, and I've heard a theme on several of them where they're talking about how the new regular attender, how we're classifying regular attender and and uh, at church in America is somebody who basically attends once a month. Once every And four I've heard weeks. a variation between once a month and once every six weeks, but we'll just say once a month for ease. Mm. Um, so once a month is the new regular attender. And so we wanted to talk about that combined with the desire that we have, the, this, this driving force behind us to want to be like the coolest trendiest church, you know, and stay up, you know, stay up with what, you know, North Point and Elevation Church is doing all the time. Like, and, and what tension does that create? Because we've talked about on the podcast in the past, how we can't pursue technology as an end in itself. Like it has to be true. We have to be true to who the church is that we are a part of. Like we can't, we can't implant ideas and just expect them to all work. You know, we have to, we have to take into account our people, our body, and, and make sure that we're, we're doing what's, what's honoring to that. But then at the same time, there's this tension we feel, 
how, if they're only going to come once a month, then we got to put on a show that they're going to love, right? <laughs> and it's got to look really good. Yeah. And so, so how do we deal with that tension with, with people who are only coming? I mean, because that kind of creates all kinds of, you got people who are only going to hear, they, they, they may come, they may, they may hit all the wrong, all the Sundays wrong and, and come six months down the road and, and not know any of the worship songs because you've introduced them on weeks that they haven't been there. Yeah. And so you come and they, they sing five songs. They didn't know a single one of them. How do you deal with that as a worship pastor, right? Um, and, you know, it, it's a really interesting conversation when we're, when we're uh, talking about this in the uh, pre-production. <laughs> um, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by pre-production, I mean before we press record. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I'm always kind of just wrestling with this myself, you know, and I mentioned to David that, you know, I mean, Laura, we're, we're not a huge church and, you know, we've never been a cutting edge church. We never will be like, that's not us. That's not our DNA. Um, but I mean, I, I definitely feel this tension and almost this desire, like, you know, I, I want to try to do something, you mm-hmm. know, and, and there's this balance, right? Like you, you almost kind of do this dance, like this back and forth dance of, of, um, uh, you know, not, not just kind of. Uh, just coasting because you don't want to just coast, right? You don't want to just kind of like put on autopilot and just do the same thing you've always done. But at the same time, you don't want to focus and pursue so much of someone that you're not, you know, like like to be the the big, hip, cool, modern, emerging mm-hmm. church or whatever. Um, so, you know, I, I, I kind of face this tension all the time. But what makes this conversation more difficult is you add in this layer of of, okay, there is a genuine reality here reality check folks people aren't coming to church mm-hmm. and the people that are coming to church they're coming once a month you know and how how do you make it meaningful to them um do do we do we tailor our church so that it creates an experience for that person for the mm-hmm. the once every month person you know yeah like do we do church once a month did, <laughs> let's just have church <laughs> once a month right like I mean, th- these are these are like real questions, you know. I mean, yeah, and I, like as you're as you're talking about it, you know, I'm thinking through thinking through your church experience, and um, so so this w- what it revealed to me is that it's not going to be the same in every church. Yeah, I mean, we don't have the same approach in every church, but also, um, you probably you probably have a more committed group of people at your church, than right? A lot yeah, of other, I, than than you know, like a new a new modern cool church and then is there a correlation and well exactly because i i would say by and large um you know we we don't have the the once every four week people mm-hmm. um i mean sure they're there mm-hmm. but i would say i mean i'm just i'm just throwing out a number here i, I would say 80 percent of our church is there like every week mm-hmm. or at least at least you know three out of four weeks right um and and yeah and so is that a DNA of our church because of the fact that we're not super hip and cool and emerging? And and then then there's like this part of me, like if I'm being totally honest, I'm like, oh man, like that's sad. Like we're a lame church with committed people, you know. Like, <laughs> like I, I wanna I wanna be a cool hip church, yeah. you know. Like there's this part inside of me that that wants to be that cool mm-hmm. experience. But then again, should we be right? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling with this, man. Like, like that's a tough one for me. Well, yeah. So is, is the, the technologically, uh, trendy driven church experience leading to a once a month attendance? Hmm. 
Like is maybe, you know, maybe is there a core? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing the question out there. Is there a correlation between, between being driven by cool and the fact that people are seeing through the cool, you know, like cool doesn't get you very far, right? It's the substance that people are really getting that are going to, is going to take people to a deeper level in their relationship with God. It's not going to be the, uh, the flashy lights and the fog machines and, you know, the triple wide media screens, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Which is cool, which I think we, I think I don't have a problem with either. I think, I think we can use those to God's glory in a very creative and God honoring, Christ honoring way. But um, by, by doing all those things and not, and our, you know, if, if we're sacrificing depth and content to, uh, to stay on top of trends, Mm. are people just sick of the, sick of the trend? You know, it's like, oh, well. It's, you know, it's cool, but I, I think it's just once a month kind of a thing. Not a, I'm not, I'm not missing out on much else. If I, if I only come once a month, I can expect, yeah, I'll, I'll go try the new series. I'll go try the new series. If I don't like it, I'll come try the ne- beginning of the next series. Yeah. I mean, it's the consumer driven mentality, mm-hmm. the casual Christianity. Yeah. You know, and I almost wonder, you know, is some of it, um, that people don't necessarily feel an obligation to, belong and be a part of a church you know mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm speculating here but maybe is that some of it like um maybe they go to one church this week and they go to one church that week and they go to this church on on that i mean i don't know um, well, it's, it's i've been doing a lot of research on it you know barner research buyer group whatever they call that um and there was another another study uh it wasn't a christian one it was a non-christian group that did it but basically um uh, you know, the, the least church part of the country is the Northeast United States, New England. Mm. But then do you know what the next state is that's the least church right under all the New England states? Uh, Washington. Washington. Hello. And so like, so, okay, so we're, we are, we are the least church part of the country. We're, we're with, with the Northeasterners in terms of, in terms of the least church, uh, go people. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Washington. Um, but you know, I I think you know we've we've experienced a cultural shift. You know we're no longer we're no longer submersed in Christianity in America anymore. We, we've kind of uh, probably a lot of people would would say set ourselves free from that. Mm-hmm. Like like we're we're happy to not be under the bondage of Christianity and and a Christian nation or whatever it is. And so I think I think there's a lot of that that's a response to that. But I think but i think because of that there is no there's no longer any cultural obligation to go to church and you know at least here in the northwest and i think down in the south and other places that sure still midwest exists. yeah and i i would agree like i think um i mean you know i grew up here in the northwest and there's certainly uh you know at least in my family and the friends i had you know like you went to church mm-hmm. um but like I, I see now Christian friends of mine, like professing Christians who legitimately don't go to church. And right. like, like, or what I'm sorry, what I'm trying to say is they legitimately are okay with not going to church and think it's fine. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that church is, uh, you know, not about a building, um, that they can do church in their home and they can do church with their family and that's church, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're seeing a lot more of that. And I think, I don't know, it might be more unique to the Northwest, you know, uh, more of that laid back vibe, more of that outdoorsy vibe, whatever. 
Well, um, uh, I don't need God vibe, I think, as well. <laughs> I don't need God. We're self-sufficient in the Northwest. You know, I think we kind of... But but like I said, professing Christians, mm-hmm. like people who, who are who are like, yes, I, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven, I am raising my family in the way of Christ, and I don't go to church. Right? Like, right, yeah. And, you know, I, I we're probably thinking about some of the same people, <laughs> some of the same, maybe not a lot of them, but... Um, but I, but I, you know, I think a lot of that mentality has crept into the church, mm. a self-sufficiency mentality that we don't need, we don't need, like you're talking about, I don't need the church. You know, I don't need, I can do church with my family. I can do church with me and a few friends. I don't, I don't need, you know, we're sufficient in ourselves now. We don't need it anymore. I think that, I think that's crept in, but, but I'm wondering as, as we're talking about this, um, you know, talking about the contrast between the the performance and the light show, and and the lack you know lack of committed church attendance, um, by creating a consumer culture, by creating a consumer worship experience, have we trained people that church is the performance and the stage, and not the community of the body? Mm. And so, like, so are we not? Are we not helping to build that interconnection that really is what draws people in to the community of the church and keeps them there as opposed to trying to attract them with the show? Yeah. And yeah, almost, almost as if, you know, people are saying, um, well, Hey, I, I can, you know, I can get by without the, the, you know, the lights and the, and the cool, whatever. Um, because if that, if that is the experience of church, um, then for them, it's like, well, if that's what church is and I don't need to go there, mm-hmm. I can do church in my home, uh, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot of layers to this conversation, man, because then on the, okay, so here's the other side. All right. You ready? Here's the other side. Um, we only get people once a month. Um, we need to make it the most compelling experience as we can, mm-hmm. and we need to captivate them and capture them both visually, um, you know, uh, with um, through music, through through song, uh, through um, you know what they see, what they smell, what they touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's the other side of it, you know, to to say maybe we need to do more, you know, maybe we need to buy more lights, maybe we need to do more things. I, I mean. Well, sure, you could easily argue that way. I mean, because the cultural trend is going to go that way. So, like, so how hard can we fight against culture? Well, we're not going to win if we fight against culture. Mm-hmm. So, because um, it's just too big of a machine. Well, and, and there's also like a very genuine reality, and we've talked about this on the show before, where like if you if you don't do anything, if you just kind of coast and you're on autopilot, um, you know. In, in 10, 15 years, you're going to be completely outdated. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we're facing in our church right now, actually. And and we've been having a lot of conversations. We have a, a building site committee in place because we're, we're looking at doing some new things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, if not building a building, which, you know, I, I, we'll see how that goes, but at least doing some major renovations because we're in a place now where we're, first of all, we're meeting in a gym, you know, mm-hmm. which, which prevent prevents challenges. But secondly, you know, it was a gym built in the '90s, and I mean, it feels very '90s. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it's, it feels like it's 25 years old. You mm-hmm. know, um, and and you know why it feels that way? Why? Because it's 25. Oh, years old. hey, yeah, <laughs> and and that's what I'm talking about. So, so we've 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 mentioned this on the podcast before, where in a very real way, like 
you know, if if you just stay at a certain place doing the same thing you've always done, you'll get what you always got, mm-hmm. you know, and you'll you'll so um, it's an interesting argument, like conversation because so on the one hand, like I feel like we need to do stuff to to update our facility. We need to do stuff to to be um you know modern to be compelling to what 2015 is all about because 2015 looks a lot different than 1990 you know Mm -hmm. and um but then it's like you can go too far and now and now you're trying to pursue something that you're not because laura wood is not you know um uh like laura wood is not north point you know Mm -hmm. laura wood is not lakeview laura wood is not you know saddleback like and and so do i try to be that visually I, I don't know, man. Like a lot of lot of layers here, right? Yeah, and I I don't think that I don't think that I don't think either extreme is healthy, you know. Right. Um, but you know the the passage coming to mind is you know Paul talking about being all things to all people. When he was with the Jews, he became like a Jew so that he might win some Jews. When he was with the Gentiles, became like the Gentiles so he could win some Gentiles. And you know, so I think you know I think a gospel driven response is we have a responsibility to to be like the culture that we're in. Like we, we cannot, we can't completely remove ourselves from the culture that we're planted in and expect to be reaching people for the gospel. I think mm. that's what Paul is talking about. There's, you know, I want to win a few. And if that's what it takes to win a few, then this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to, you know, he's sure. clear about that. Right, I'm not, right, not right, going right. to go off the deep end, but at the same time, um, I'm going to, I'm going to become like this group of people I'm with so I can hopefully win a few of them. And I think we have that responsibility and that's attention uh, that we live in because yes, the gospel is the most important thing. Worshiping Jesus is the most important thing. Giving God glory is the most important thing. But at the same time, um, what is, what is one of the ways that we bring glory to God? What is one of the ways that we uh, exalt his name to the highest places by bringing more people into the kingdom of God and having more people shout his praises. Right. I mean, if we're not reaching new people, then we're not doing that. You know, um, Melanie, my wife, she, she recently came back from a uh, children's pastor conference. Um, it's kind of the, the big premier children's pastor conference and, uh, uh, annual conference. They have it down in, in California and, uh, you know, great, great stuff, you know, 800 plus, uh, you know, um, worship pastors and children's directors and whatever, they're all there. They're getting together. Um, but she came back, you know, with, with lots of great stuff, tons of resources, just pages and pages and pages of notes. But she also said, you know, coming back and then being at church, you know, on Sunday, like there's a sense where she's like, man, it's almost kind of depressing. Like mm-hmm. it's almost kind of discouraging because you've been to this thing. You've seen what's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you come back and you're like, oh, wait, but I have confines of budget, of space, mm-hmm. of teachers, of helpers, of volunteers, and I have to work within those confines. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring that up is because I've experienced that going to a worship conference. I don't know if you've experienced that. You go mm-hmm. there and, and you know, like it's almost depressing. You you come back, right? You come back and you're like, geez, I, I mean, I can't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so then there's a part of me that's like, I want to be like that, you know? And I, I'm just being really honest here. Yeah. Where where I, I I feel like I'm living in this tension, this dance I was talking about earlier, this 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 dance of back and forth where where I, I wanna I kinda I wanna be like that. I wanna be the cool church, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I can't be the cool church and I don't think I should necessarily. Um and and all all the layers and complexities and, and issues it, it brings up, you know, in terms of 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 trying to be something that you're not and uh you know, perhaps even in a way 
um, you know, uh, driving people to to think of church as, as just a performance, and mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of layers to this thing. But all I'm trying to say is that I think it's tough, and you know, if there's anyone out there listening that that's like me, um, uh, is a struggle. You know, you go to a conference, you come back, and you're depressed. You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, no. I mean, I, I'd love to hear people who are listening. Yeah. I'd love to hear like what you guys uh, do, what you guys have to say, what your how thoughts do you are. Handle the yeah, tension. How, how do you handle that tension? Because mm-hmm. it, it is, it, there's there's a lot of tension there. Well, you know, and I think, to be honest, I don't think I don't think even the even the biggest churches have an answer to that question. <laughs> but they they have systems and they've they've figured out ways to work with it. But at the same time, like I think if you talk to the senior pastor of a big church, and and you talk to him about the fact that only that his regular attender is a person who comes once a month. He's going to be frustrated with right, it, right. He's not going to be okay. Yeah, well, it's just what we got to work with, you know. But how do we lead people? How do we lead our people out of that? And how do we how do we create you know a, a church experience that helps lead people to an actual connection with the body and with God? I think those I think those are big questions that mm. we have to answer. Oh, good stuff. Tough stuff. Yeah. But uh, speaking of of having answers and insight, um, we don't have them all. If you didn't know that, right? No, we we've talked about that on any number of occasions, <laughs> and uh, we we have never pretended to. We have our ideas. We have stuff that we've tried. We're we're in it, so we work on it. But at the uh, at the same time, we know a lot of you have ideas. That's why we invite your voice into the conversation. Love to hear from you. But we also have just added recently some new contributing authors to the table. And so we would love for you to go, go check them out. Worshipministrycatalyst.com, read their articles, uh, subscribe to the, to the feed. So you can stay up to date with all that. You can uh, put in your email address and get a, get a, a weekly digest of all the articles that come out. Um, I think it's, there's a lot of, a lot of different points of view, a lot of different backgrounds, different theological backgrounds that the people are going to be talking from, writing from. And there's just, I think gonna be a lot of insight there to learn. Yeah. Good stuff too. So, yeah, so make sure you're checking that out at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Um, in the meantime, you can find us there, worshipministrycatalyst.com, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst. You can send an email to david at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And you can leave a voicemail at 360-818-4339. So go check out the contributing authors. Let us know if you have any wisdom and insight on this topic and uh, how we can how we can, we can manage the tension And until then, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst.